Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 122 of The Yacking Show. And it's a warm summer's day here in Ontario, Canada. It reminds me of my life in Africa. It's uh, around 31 degrees today. So eat your heart out if you're watching this from a European winter. Uh, as always, we bring you interesting guests. We like to awaken you to new perspectives for the changing world we're living in. And today is no exception. We have a very interesting guest today with a very important topic that she is going to talk about. But it's not my job to introduce guests. My co-host Kathleen does it so much better than I do. So let me welcome Kathleen from Waterloo in Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. I'm doing great and like you and very much enjoying this beautiful warm weather. It's such a welcome. We thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So do please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have a special guest with us today. Her name is Courtney Waterfall and she happens to be the new chapter director for Shelter Movers Waterloo Region. Hello, Courtney, and welcome. How are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me. This is truly such a, a great thing for, um, for Shelter Movers. Um, we are brand new to the region, so um, I'm so excited to be here. I am enjoying the weather from the comfort of my air-conditioned house. <laughs> I do not enjoy the heat um, quite as much as some other people, but it's a beautiful day here too, so I'm, I'm glad to be here. Well, we're, we're honored that you're on our show today, Courtney, because this is such an important topic that we're going to be discussing today. But first, perhaps you can, we can start off by having you explain to the audience a little bit about your background and exactly explain exactly what Shelter Movers is all about. Sure. So I am um, a foster parent, a parent. Um, I decided to go back to school for social service work, so I'm currently a student as well. Um, and really try to be involved in the community as much as I can. I have a background in um, hospitality and human resources, um, but found this position with Shelter Movers in April. So I, I've just been with Shelter Movers since the end of April. Um, Shelter Movers was established in the Greater Toronto Area in 2016, um, but our Waterloo Region chapter launched in December of 2020. So we are like I said, brand new um, to the area. We provide moving and storage services free of charge to uh, women and their children fleeing abuse. And I use the term um, women. We do not only help women, we help um, any gender, um, but primarily our, our clients are women. So when I use the term women, I'm, I'm not strictly um, saying that we only help, help women. So we help them flee their um, abusive situation. And we understand that not being able to take belongings uh, can be a huge barrier to someone leaving an abusive situation. And we wanna help eliminate as many barriers as possible. We also know that violence increases substantially uh, when a survivor attempts to return to the home to collect their belongings. And we often see um, rates of femicide greatly increase in those situations as well. So, Courtney, on your website, it says you operate on a referral basis. Um, why, why is that? If someone has to leave their home, do they have to first contact a person of authority to get referred to you before you can help them? And, and what does that involve? 
Yes, so we understand that survivors are going to need more support than what we can provide. We aren't counselors, we aren't therapists, we just provide the support in terms of moving them and their belongings. Um, So we want to make sure that they have the support that they'll need. Um, This can also help reduce the number of survivors that will return to their abusive situation because they have kind of that ongoing support. Um, But the referrer can be an agency that we're partnered with. It can be a counselor, a doctor, a religious leader. It doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to meet any real specific guidelines in terms of who that referral uh, source is, but we wanna make sure that they are setting themselves up for success once they flee their abusive situation. Right, I'm with you. And, and I guess you need to protect your people so that you need to have the knowledge that the necessary other support systems are in place before your people go there, correct? Absolutely. It, okay. it helps our services, but also the, the, our primary concern in terms of the ongoing support is the client. Obviously. Sure, sure, sure. Sounds, sounds, now I understand why you need to be referred. Okay, got it. Kathleen, over to you. So your main goal is to move clients and their belongings, but you also help those that have no belongings. So how do you, how do you help those people? This isn't something that happens often, but we will support um, someone that doesn't have um, belongings to move. This can be in connecting them with some of our partner agencies that they may not have been aware of, Um, but we we will also help move them to a safe space. So we have had cross-chapter moves, so where our clients in Waterloo Region um, have moved to one of our other chapters, say um, Ottawa, Montreal, our Nova Scotia chapter, and we will help the client get to that location as well. Okay. I think you sort of covered it when I asked you the question earlier, but um, you, you make sure that you do have adequate security for your client and, and your workers, be it the police or anyone else, before you get involved with the move. Is that correct? Absolutely. So we, um, we will help with all aspects of a move from start to finish. Um, so we want to make sure that the security personnel are there when we need them, whether it's to um, provide security for our volunteers, but also for our clients. So we are there for all stages of the move. So we will help pack their belongings. We will help um, move them to a new residence or help move their belongings to storage. We will help um, provide pet foster care if they have a pet that they are concerned about and can't take to a shelter or a temporary residence with them. Um, And we also help with relocation as well. So we can support the client as many times as as needed. And our moves can take as little as a couple of hours to a multi-stage move where we're we're required to return a couple of times um, to the residence to complete the move. Um, With COVID, we're limited to the number of volunteers that we can have during a move. So our moves can take longer than they would in a pre-COVID environment. Um, But like I said, our process starts with that referral from a partner agency. And that's when we do that intake process uh, where we do a risk assessment and logistics and COVID screening. Um, Our move coordination team then takes over, confirms the details with the client and we do another COVID screening. We make sure that we have all of the details about the amount that's gonna be a move going to be moved, who will be present, all of those sorts of things, um, so that we can make sure we're we're setting it up for success. Um, Mm -hmm. Because the last thing we want to do is get to a move, um, it turns sideways and we have to leave. So when we do the actual move, um, we'll have our volunteer drivers there, possibly police and or security. Um, And then afterwards, we will do a follow up or a debrief with 
both our volunteers and our client separately, but um, we like to do that as well and make sure we're providing that support, especially to our volunteers after, um, just depending on what the situation uh, was that they were experiencing. And we generally try and complete the moves within about a week or so, but we have done them um, more quickly as needed. And we have three types of moves. So we have an urgent exit, an escorted move, and a resettlement move. And our urgent exit, that's our high risk move, um, is when the client is still living in the abusive situation and they're at immediate risk for ongoing violence. We will only enter the premises with police or security. And we plan it for a time when the ex-partner is not likely to be home. Once the partner or once the client has left the abusive home and is in a safe location, so um, living in a shelter or living with family or a friend, we will offer an escorted move to help the client retrieve their belongings that are still in the home. Mm -hmm. So again, we would have police or security ex uh, escort available on this as well, um, because the location of the alleged abuser is unconfirmed. They may be home, they may be at risk of showing up. And then our third move um, is our resettlement move. So this helps the client moving from their temporary home to the more permanent home. So that's when their belongings are already in our storage um, partners. And we are going back to the storage, getting their belongings, moving them to their new residence. So this type of move is considered low risk and we wouldn't have the police or security escorts um, because there's no unsafe locations in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's well thought out, pretty good. And again, we try and plan it <laughs> from start to finish. We don't want any surprises. Absolutely. So, so again, just to be clear, you serve all cases of abuse, regardless of gender, faith, or ethnicity, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, although the majority of our clients tend to be women, like I said, we will help anyone that's experiencing abuse. Mm -hmm. Right. So I jump in there. Would I be right in thinking if you were helping male victims, it would be more likely familial abuse rather than spousal abuse? Or, or am I jumping to conclusions then? Yeah, not necessarily. Um, there's lots of different scenarios, whether it's family or um, a same gender partner or opposite gender partner. Like it really happens to anyone. There's not any kind of standard. Um, okay. I mean, we see the it primarily happening to women, but it does happen to, to everyone. I'm, I'm with you. So from what you're talking about, if you're helping people with packing, you need cartons and materials, and there's quite a lot of expense involved. So how, how are you funded, Courtney? We have a national team that we get some funding from and some um, national partnerships, but a lot of it's in-kind donations. So we have some really wonderful um, partners that we deal with for our truck rentals, car rentals, um, storage services, and the generosity of our community as well. So I just had a community member reach out to us on the weekend that had about 30 moving boxes that were in great condition um, that they wanted to pass on to someone that needed. So I went and picked them up. And um, so we have a, a really, really great community that supports us and, and helps out. And okay. is everybody a volunteer? So aside from myself, uh, everyone in our region is a volunteer. Each chapter runs a little bit differently, okay. um, but we have about 75 volunteers here in Waterloo Region. Wow. Um, so how can people get involved to help? 
So we're always looking for volunteers in all aspects of our organization. So we do have those frontline positions, the movers and the drivers that actually help out on the moves, but we also have a number of administrative volunteers. So they help out on our marketing communications team, our operations team, the volunteer services team and our fund development team. Um, we are also always looking for corporate partners, um, those that are interested in host, uh, hosting an event um, or donating in whatever way they can. And you can go directly to our website, uh, www.sheltermovers.com to find out more information about those various ways of getting involved. Excellent. Now, I'm smiling here because we interviewed someone from an industry in your part of the world a couple of months back who I think might be a really good partner for certain types of product, but I can't say their name without discussing it with them. And Kathleen will know who I'm talking about, but uh, I think, but we, we will, it's just an idea that's just, as you're talking, crossed my mind. So I'm going to do some arm twisting for you on that one. Thank you so much. We're brand no, new. So we're trying to get our name out there. And as people hear about us, we are, are finding out how, how generous our community is. So it's really wonderful. Okay, so, we'll, we'll, we can do that. So what, what I want to do right now, Courtney, is I, I want to read some statistics that I have in front of me here because they're, because folks, let, let me tell you that this, this is going to blow your mind. So listen to this. Uh, according to a, stub, a study which examined Google searches in the United States in 2020, how to hit a woman so no one knows was typed into Google 163 million times a 31% increase from the previous year. And the search query, how to control your woman, was searched 165 million times, a 67% increase. So confinement due to the virus may account for this, but is this not a deeper issue of mismanaged anger? This is actually mind blowing. What are your thoughts on that, Courtney? hearing these statistics is so upsetting um and i just wish there was a way we could we could help everyone um and i know uh, i know the the study that you're referring to and i i was speaking to a colleague about it and they said that one of the the some people are trying to say that the google and other search engines should when people type in something like that should be directing people to um anger management support groups or community services where they can access instead of taking them to um, the information they're looking for. Um, so confinement may play a little um, role in this, but domestic violence and violence against women isn't new. Um, it's not new to the pandemic for sure. Um, and mismanaged anger may be part of it as well, but we do have some bigger underlying issues. So in terms of intergenerational trauma, substance abuse, poverty, mental health, um, and lack of social services in our community, um, we do have a number of really, really great agencies here, um, but there's a huge demand and there's wait lists for most of the support um, that people are trying to obtain in our community. And I know our community is not um, alone in that. Many communities are experiencing the same sort of thing. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's absolutely frightening. I, 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 there's a criticism of the Google, Facebook for, for censoring stuff at the moment anyway. And whilst I would partially agree with you that 
those searches should be redirected. I, I, I think there's a danger in that those people will keep on digging if they really want to find out information. That's point one. And once you open the censorship can of worms, where does it stop? You know, someone may well say, well, what you're doing is, is, um, is not good. And so people searching for you should be sent somewhere else. It, it would never end. It's, it's a really slippery slope. My, my bigger concern, and I've got to preface this by saying I grew up on a totally different uh, continent as I'm an old guy, as you can see, and I was a kid in the 1950s. And I was an adult before I heard, and yeah, perhaps I came from a privileged background, but I was an adult before I ever heard of, of women being abused in, in a marriage or relationship. Yeah, perhaps I was naive, perhaps it never got exposed. It just seems to me that this whole issue has got a lot worse in the last 20 or 30 years. Am I right? Or is it just that we hear more about it? Personally, I think that we're just hearing more about it. Dem uh, domestic violence and violence against women has been going on for thousands of years. It's sure. definitely not uh, not something new, um, but social media makes it easier. Um, and just trying to, to understand those root causes and things brings all of that up as well. Um, so according to the World Health Organization, about 30% of women worldwide have been subjected to either physical and or sexual, sexual intimate partner violence or non-partner sexual violence in their lifetime. And also globally, as many as 38% of all murders of women are committed by intimate partners. This isn't something that's just happened in the last even 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. This has been going on um, for generations and generations. And um, I also live in a very privileged life. This is not something that I was aware of most of my um, upbringing, but it, it, it has happened. A lot of, depending on the culture um, and the community, a lot of people keep it quiet and that's still very much the case. So it's being hidden within, within the community. Um, but I think there's more awareness now than there ever has been because we live in such an incredible community that wants to support each other. The amount of community support that we've received already is astounding. Um, like I said, we have about 75 volunteers locally and that just goes to show how amazing our community is and how much they want to support um, anyone that is suffering from anything, whether they're a survivor of, of domestic violence or they are experiencing mental health issues or substance abuse, our community really, really rallies together to help each other. Right. That's, that's excellent to hear. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not, I, will not, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I, I know that the problem has been around for, for thousands of years. I'm well aware of that. It just seems that to, to me, <clears throat> it seems more of a problem. And I, I suspect, and I have no scientific knowledge of this, but I suspect there's something about our current society that <clears throat> makes us worse. And I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. I don't know if life is too easy for some people so they don't have to work as hard as they did 100 years ago and they have more time for this sort of nonsense. Or I feel some men maybe feel threatened by the success of women. I'm not contoning that in the slightest. Don't get me wrong. I suspect that could be something because some men can't handle it. But I, I, I really think it's a complex issue. And I'm so glad that we've, um, we're able to give your organization some publicity to let people know that you're there to help people. So that's good. That's enough for Thanks. me. Sorry, Kathleen, yeah, I've been monopolizing things here. We definitely have to figure out the root causes of it. Mm -hmm. um, all of, many of our social services are, are just a band-aid to the problem. Yeah. They're kind mm -hmm. of fixing um, 
what's already happened rather than stopping it from happening in the first place. So until we can eliminate those root causes, we, we need to continue putting the band-aids yeah. on the problem. No, you've, you've explained it well with that statement. Yeah, correct. And, and, and Peter, just, you know, I don't think I'd, I'd agree with you that we have it too easy and that's why people are, are turning to, to violence. I, I'm not sure I agree with you there, but. <laughs> There's been a number of grassroots organizations that have gotten um, started to kind of continue on with the band-aids and maybe help um, identify the root causes as well. And I think mm -hmm. that um, the awareness that each of these organizations are able to get on their own is increasing that awareness that it is a problem in our community mm -hmm. that many people may not have been aware of because there's not mm -hmm. someone advocating. Right, exactly. Problem. So you currently have six chapters open across Canada. So how is it determined which city should have a chapter open? So um, groups within a community um, approach our national shelter movers office to express interest in opening a new chapter within their community. Um, and then we have an internal process that kind of goes in to whether we determining whether or not we open um, a chapter in that location, but it is, um, it all starts based on the community's interests themselves. Right. Okay. Great. So Courtney, um, you did mention your website a little earlier, but I know most, most of our audience expect to get it towards the end. So let's uh, give our audience that website again. So our, our, um, National website is www.sheltermovers.com, but locally um, you can reach out to us at www.sheltermovers.com slash Waterloo. Slash Waterloo, okay. And you mentioned that people needing your assistance would normally be referred by someone else. So people who need your assistance, there's not much point in giving them a direct communication link because they're going to be, you'll find them through, through another organization, correct? Okay. And they can, we have had some people reach out to us directly and that's fine. We will just help them reach out to one of our partner agencies. But they can do that through the website as well. You've got contact details on the website. Yes, all and of that information's on the, on the website. Great. And a quick one. While, while you've got the floor, what in the way of materials would you need donations of or help with right at the moment or, or ongoing? You mentioned packing cottons and that's obviously one that you always look for. Is there anything else simple like sealing tape or, um, I don't know, is there anything you'd like to mention? So if someone's looking at this video in six months' time, so wow, I've got a whole lot of that stuff I don't need. Let me get hold of Courtney. Um, anything in particular you're looking for? Any packing supplies is great. Packing tape, um, boxes of different sizes. Um, and really that's it. Like we, we kind of go in and PPE right now, obviously with, with COVID, mm, sure. we um, are – our um, standards have changed a little bit. We make sure we do um, take cleanliness breaks and sanitize everything and, and that sort of stuff. And we all have to wear masks and gloves when we're doing a move. So PPE is always needed, but really it's just the, the moving supplies, the boxes and, and tapes. Sometimes um, we need packing paper, but not that often. Um, okay. We kind of well, use what we, what we have. <laughs> we, we know what you need. So we'll be, as I say, twisting a few arms. I've got to ask you about transport. Do you have any corporate sponsors like um, car hire companies that will lend you vans or pickups if you need them urgently? We have a few great partnerships in our community um, okay. and we can either get free or at cost kind of rentals that's, that, that's that we work that's with. Fine. So that's no, great. Good. 
Well, we will be twisting arms, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like we're out of time, Courtney. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciated it. Thank you. And, thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Courtney. And thank you all so much for tuning into our show again. We love reading your comments, so please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And until next time, take care of everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.